Good evening and welcome to another edition of Football Bloody Hell. On this our Wednesday night edition, we've got Tom Bailey, Tommy White, Rick Hyatt, Adam Davis, I should be around. And our special guest this week is Matt Worthington from Yobelturns Midfield. Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Football Bloody Hell. And I'll just introduce you to our guest today, starting off with Mr. Rick Hyatt. Evening. Evening. Evening, all. Uh, Tommy White is here today. Tom, how are you doing? Hello, everyone. Yeah, good, good, good thank you, fellow listeners and uh, panel. Good. Um, Tom Bailey's going to do the uh, the Hilda, Hilda Pryor bit today. So how are you, Tom? You, 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 this is your big sort of debut on this programme. No pressure, no pressure at no, all. No, none at all. And our special guest today is uh, Matt Worthington from Yeovil. Hi, Matt. Evening. You good? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Lovely Very job. Good. And finally, we've got Mr Adam Davis up in York. How are you doing, Adam? Evening all, yes. Very well, thank you. So, let's get stuck into football. Bloody hell. Over to you, Tom. And, well, speaking of bloody hell... The weekend is probably where we'll start. I mean, what a performance from Yeovil. Uh, I'm sure we touched on it. Well, we did touch on it on Monday with uh, with Mark Cooper. Matt, how do you feel um, the weekend went considering the level of opposition you faced and obviously the team that was put out was quite strong? Would you say you were happy with your performance or, or do you think there was there was still something left on the table? I think it was a very, very good performance. Um, like you said, with the opposition that we were facing, it's always, on paper, it should be an easy game or an easier game. But them games are always difficult because um, it's their, their sort of big day out. Sorry, my dogs are going crazy. Um, it's their sort of their big day out. Um, and you really have to uh, come with a good mindset, uh, especially us Yeovil players. You have to um, approach the game right. Um, and yeah, to get seven goals uh, in any game is is really good. Um, so yeah, no, I think it was a real real positive performance, um, and it was nice to get to get the seven goals as well. Yeah, and I think well, me and Rick were very happy as well with the with the seven goals as we were um, on the microphone that day. Um, would you say that was a favourite of the of the seven? Um. I wouldn't say it was a favourite. It was it was nice to see Murph come off the bench um, and obviously get a hat trick because um, he was very very good at scoring goals. Um, he scored everywhere he's been, um, and yeah, it was, I was just happy for him to to come off the bench and and get those three goals because um, it'd be massive for us this season. Yeah, I think I I definitely agree with that as well. And seeing Murphy happy again back on the score sheet and uh, in fit and firing form. Um, 
obviously Digcock coming up in a couple of weeks. I assume it's going to be very much the same of um, approaching it, you know, with a professional mindset and uh, obviously them being a division below. Um, do you think you, you see us going far in, in the Cup this season? I hope so. We definitely have got the squad um, to do that. Um, I've been quite fortunate, obviously, both times um, here on loan. When I first come here, we had May United and then we got Bournemouth um, a couple of seasons ago in the third round. So hopefully, yeah, we can we can get um, through the stages and then pick up a nice a nice um, nice draw in the sort of the third round. But yeah, like I said, it's going to be a tough game um, the next one. Um, but yeah, we had to approach it the same way as we approach any any league game really. Um, and it's also nice that it's, it's home again, so that's a positive. Yeah, absolutely. And with um, Rick on Saturday, would you say that um, there were really any weaknesses at all? to be addressed or it was again just a very complete performance from a spectator point of view there wasn't really much that we could sort of point out I think you said something out of tune in the seventh minute I think that could be improved upon mate other than that on the field it looked really good and just a, a little bit I think it's quite important in a way that the last goal of the game wasn't a stone and goal we came back and got another one because you always leave the game that feeling if they just scored the last goal it sort of just takes it away a little bit. It's only a real, really tiny nitpicking thing to, to pick up on. But it is that momentum thing that we're talking about. I think it's very good on your first performance uh, on the on the pod hosting it that you ask a bloke who didn't score on Saturday when seven goals are scored, which is his favourite <laughs> goal. I knew this was coming. I knew, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I, had a, I had a moment. All no, the people I remember. <laughs> Ignore him, Tommy. He's always doing it. <laughs> Moving swiftly on, okay. um, we will go straight to the weekend fixtures because obviously over playing away to Hampton and Richmond, um, myself will actually be on that with Gav Cheatham, uh, if you fancy listening in. Um, I personally don't know too much about Hampton. I don't know if you've got any sort of inside scoops you'd be willing to share with us, Matt, on any sort of preparations we've got going into, going into the, the game on Saturday. I think I'm very similar. This is the first time I've played against them. Um, I think I think we normally do our sort of analysis um, on the opposition. Uh, it'll be tomorrow, um, so we go we sit down everyone. We watch clips of of their recent games and sort of their formations and their strengths and and, and weaknesses. Um, but it's been a good week, a good start of the week training. Um, we were in Monday, uh, was yesterday, day off today, but we had. It's, it's more the, the trying to stay on the momentum that we've got at the moment, um, stay on sort of the run that we've got. Uh, we don't want to sort of step off that. We've come off the back of a 7-1 win. Um, I know it's in the cup against a lower league team, but we should have been full of confidence um, going into that game on Saturday. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll know a bit more tomorrow. and I'm sure we'll, we'll do our work um, on them the next couple of days before Saturday. And uh, we look forward to seeing that work on the Saturday. Um Going into the Saturday fixtures higher up in the divisions, um, we will start with the previews. We do tend to take longer than normal with these anyway. And, of course, there are six of us, so um, we will get ourselves started on that. And the first fixture of the day uh, is uh, the three o'clock kickoffs. So there's only three of them. Uh, we'll start with Crystal Palace and Fulham. Um, Adam, do you have any sort of 
Uh, what would you say about Palace's start to the season, considering their rather unfortunate defeat to Villa? At least I think it was unfortunate, um, considering the refereeing decisions that went on. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's I think it's a really interesting one for Crystal Palace. I think the whole season sort of I think it might be the true definition of a transition year because they've still they're still sat with tradition uh, in the form of Roy Hodgson, albeit I, I don't think he's very well at the moment and missed missed the last game against Villa. But it's also the first season for a very very long time without Wilfred Zaha. And I've always been sat there thinking always wanting to know how much of an emphasis had life under Crystal Palace really been defined by why one player, really. Um, what they have been able to do over the last couple of years has obviously slightly changed that with the likes of Eze and Elise. So they'll immediately want to try and repay, uh, obviously, the difficulty against Villa. It's it's unfortunate, but it is football to lose it in the final few minutes. I mean, we've, we've seen it countless times and, and we've been lucky enough to, you know, be the on the on the receiving side of it as well in a good way. So it's um, it's an interesting one for them i still think it's going to be a very middle of the road season for crystal palace i think anything above sort of 12th is considered probably a real success without trying to avoid getting relegated there's huge problems off the field which always make things slightly more difficult um and against a fulham side who have looked really good since they got promoted a couple of seasons ago so um i'd like to think a high scoring draw high scoring draw Tommy, I am sorry, that? sorry, lads, to butt in, but I went, I went to the Villa Palace game at the weekend. So I was there, um, as you know, my missus is a avid Villa fan. She's listening in over there. Um, Palace were poor. Um, I was disappointed in them. Um, Eze looked decent when they when they broke. They got the ball to him. He looked quite decent. Um, Mateta looked okay. Um, the lad in midfield, um, Decore. He looked decent at times, broke it up quite well and looked quite good on the ball. He did a nice little sort of scoop up. And if you've seen it to Eze and then Eze tried to lob Martinez. But Villa had a great chance in the first half. Uh, Watkins should have scored. He was through one on one. Took it, probably went a little bit too early. Thought we opened the goal up. Sam Johnson made an okay save. And their goal came from, you know, a bit of a breakaway, shocking defending by Pau Torres, who doesn't look, he looks a bit ropey, to be honest. Um, he tried to read it, tried to get in front of his man, got rolled. Um, and then console was a little bit out of position, and then Martinez has slipped just as they're trying to shoot. So Palace didn't offer a lot, to be honest. I was disappointed in them. I was expecting more. Um, and I know it was late in the end, but um, Villa, I think they had 65% possession, um, and they are a possession team, to be fair, especially against lower teams. Um, but yeah, I just thought I'd chip in there, so you know, I was uh, at the game. I mean, would you sort of take the performance? Do you think they can bounce back at home or you think Fulham can build off of that? I mean, because Palace are at home for this one. Um, and yeah. Fulham beating Luton midweek, sorry, midweek, uh, at the weekend. Um, yeah, would you say that Palace could sort of bounce back from that? Um, I wouldn't be confident of it, to be honest. I mean, having said that, I'm not sure how great Fulham are just yet. I think they're still coming to terms with losing Mitrovic and, and sort of finding their way a little bit and from the little bits I've seen of them. So if I was a betting man, I, I wouldn't be betting on the game at all. Um, and if I had to bet, I'd probably bet Fulham. Um, but, you know, that doesn't mean I'll be right. Like you said, Palace are at home. It will make a bit of a difference. But they didn't show enough for me personally to um, have much confidence in, in them. Tom, whilst you're on the, on the uh, microphone, did you, uh, Tom White now? Um, first of all, did you watch the Oval over in Cancun? 
Uh, do you know what? I couldn't find it. <laughs> you should have. Uh, I, I landed Friday, so I was back uh, over the weekend. Ah, oh, right, right. And I was trying to, on my phone, I can't get any reception in Villa Park. My missus gets it, and I don't, so she has to get her phone out and giving it to me, so I know all her passcodes now. So that's the touch. Has your missus um, got any contact with, um, um, what's his name, Watkins? Because I've got him in my fantasy side, and he's been a total and utter disaster. Yeah, she, she, <laughs> she, she, she's clapping. She's she's not his biggest fan. Um, oh. Now, without being disrespectful right in front of her, um, she's only really started watching fully for the last two years, maybe a bit longer, four. She said four. Um, but she does know football. She does know players and she knows things. But I don't think she fully understands what someone's role is in their position yet. So um, we'll go easy on her. But, yeah, she's she's not his biggest fan. Um, Nor am so I. Twitching. Thing is, they're going to take him off every game. They bring Duran on around 60, 65 minutes, near enough every game. Mm. So um, you're not getting 90 minutes out of him much either, so I'd switch him. Yeah, well, I've been trying to do that, but it's every time I switch it, it switches back for some peculiar reason. But uh, I know that not Uncle confirm, Rick will... Confirm, team. Confirm. Yeah. Oh, well, that's it. But I, I'm sure that Uncle Rick will explain it to me. Jesus, uh, not again. Yeah, afraid so, Rick. But don't worry about it, mate. Don't worry that's about it. Life so, goes yeah. on. Rick, speaking, uh, well, while you're on the mic, of course, um, any thoughts on uh, Palace Fulham? Who, me? Uh, uh, Rick, and then we'll, we'll hop to you next, Eddie. Okay, no, that's all right. I, I think that uh, it's good that Roy is going to be back in the uh, in the dugout again this week after recovering a bit, but I just think this has got this has got draw written, draw written all over it, and I, I don't have an awful lot more to add than that. Same for you, Eddie? Uh, well, I hope that Fulham win because United have got two games against uh, Crystal Palace coming up in the very near future, and I'd like them to win both of them. So, if uh, anything that does anything to uh, Crystal Palace's uh, confidence will will go down well with me. So, I'm going to say I think certainly I think Fulham have got a chance of beating them. Matt, any final thoughts? No, I think it, yeah, like you said, I think it'd be a draw. Um, I don't think it'd be the most exciting of of games um, but yeah Crystal Palace they can get sort of Eze on the ball and he's sort of the one that's going to going to cause Fulham problems I think um, but yeah I think it'll be a I think it'll be a roundabout draw I think that'll be a battle for um, the bottom of the running order on match of the day um, they'll be in battle with the next game which is Luton and Wolves um, I I personally don't really have any interest in this in this fixture at all. I don't know if uh, it's any different for you, Tommy. Um, no, not majorly. Only for the fact that there's a bet going at the minute that Luton won't win a game all season at 66-1. <laughs> um, which, I'm, I'm, they've got a run of games at the moment, haven't they? I think if they're going to win one, it's over the next few games. But I can't see them doing, you know, I think it could be a record as in a, a poor the record you don't want, as in a very minimal amount of points that Luton are going to get. Uh, I had a couple of chances the last game I watched them play, but yeah, I, I think Wolves look okay as well at the moment. So I strongly fancy Wolves in that game. To be honest with you, yeah, there were signs of life from from both sides. From what I saw, on, I finally did my research and watched match of the day. Um, Luton did look like they actually had some chances for once, uh, well, for the first time this season. And Wolves um, gave me a fright on on the Saturday yeah. lunchtime. Yeah. So, um, Rick, I don't know if you would agree with that in really not being that bothered about this one? Nil-nil? 
I, after getting my hopes up for 45 minutes on Saturday, I hope Wolves get battered. I had every, every, every hope that they were going to see the job through on Saturday, and they failed dismally in the second half. So, uh, yeah, I'm just a petty, small-minded, spiteful man, and I hope they lose. Agree with that, AD? Um what, that small-minded man? Yeah, he does, I bet. <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah, I, I, I mean, let's not beat around the bush. He is, totally. No, uh, moving on to the football, Adrian. <laughs> No, no, no. Let's stick on you for a minute. No, Spiteful. No. Spiteful. Small-minded. No, seriously. Um, yeah, I mean, we were all saying, come on, Wolves, the goal up and thinking this is it. And then they go and take in three. I mean, it's pathetic. Pathetic. Everyone's saying that Gary O'Neill was going to be a good manager for them, but he ain't doing much so far. Get all excited because he got a he was unluckily beaten by United, but I mean, apart from that, what have they done? Nothing. So I would think, uh, who are they playing? Luton. Uh, it's yeah, Luton. Oh, Luton. 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 Yeah. Well, I should think they might win because only because they're playing Luton. Can't you know? I can't see much else from it. But you know, you never know. Luton might go and surprise everybody and come up with the three points. Don't think so, but you never know. You never know, Matt. I. Don't remember this far back. Did you actually play against Luton when we were in League Two? Uh, I don't know. I didn't know. I can't remember if you were that far back. Um, no. Any thoughts on Luton at all? Luton Wolves. Um, I think it's it's hard what, when you watch Luton. It's almost like they're very much at their depth, aren't they? Um, they have seemed to really struggle. I think that I think. Um, like uh, Tom and Rick said, I think it's they're gonna they're gonna struggle this season getting points on the board. Um, and I watched Wolves when they played Man United. And actually, it was really impressive with them. Um, I thought they had some decent players all around the pitch, really. Um, so I think I think Wolves will will win it. Um, but like I said, it, I think um, Luton are gonna gonna struggle this year. I think. Adam, any sort of final thoughts? Any predictions? Uh, none really as I say Luton are going to struggle it's, it's all pretty clear and I think everyone sort of addressed that quite well I think I think on AD's point of whether we should be disappointed with clubs conceding three goals without reply seems pretty flawed given Man United got stuffed by Brighton hey, uh, you know, hey watch it than, watch it watch it other than that uh, no I think Gary O'Neill is a good manager and he will get Wolves so far but Rick is absolutely right. This is if there aren't going to be many better opportunities for Luton to pick up points. And with that, uh, we move on from a dead rubber to uh, a team very good at picking up points in uh, Manchester City versus Forest, the final three o'clock kickoff. Weirdly, there's actually only five games on Saturday. There's also five games on Sunday. I don't know if I've ever seen that. Um, City versus Forest. It feels very much like a home win uh, is set up. Um, AD, would you agree, or do you think there could be a shock on the cards with Forrest starting well? Well, I've got to admit, I do despair every time I see Manchester City. It's the same thing that happened again last night. Uh, Red Star, Belgrade, a goal up, and thinking, yes, right, hang on there, boys. But uh, they couldn't do it, and nobody else could do it. So, you know, I mean... You, you can't knock them really, can you? That's the trouble. It's, it's, it hurts to say it, but it, it, you know, you can't really. Uh, 
The only thing I think they've got going for them is, is or we've got going for us, I should say, is the fact that the you know, law of averages that, that sooner or later they're going to lose a goal, a, a game, aren't they? I mean, you can't carry on winning, winning, winning like that. There's got to be a, the occasional, you know, drop point somewhere. So I will cling to that uh, that possibility, but I, I must admit I'm not exactly clinging very hard. Ricky, you clinging for desperation as well? I, I think there's a glimmer of hope because obviously uh, Man City are in the midst of a crippling injury crisis with having six players unavailable where like United have got 12 but how, how on earth City are going to manage I really don't know so I think they'll probably have to push it up to 117 and then uh, they'll carry on <laughs> uh, yeah they're going to they should do a job against Forest I mean probably the worst thing Forest can do is take the lead. You don't poke the bear, do you? Just hang on. If they can adopt the sort of um, tactics that uh, Sheffield United did against them and hang in the game as long as possible without overcommitting yourself and exposing yourself at the back, and if um, Hudson Odoi can score, was it? It was. It, and we scored on on Monday. Absolute yeah. worldy. I mean, if it was quality of goals, Forest would be in with a chance. So they look good going forward now. They've got that forward line to sort out. So they've got a chance, but I think it's it's a case of hanging on for as long as possible and um, hoping to snatch something, preferably quite close to the end. Matt, would you say that, because there is definitely the chance that City could just have an off day. We saw it with Brentford before the World Cup last year, where sometimes they just don't show up at all. Do you think there's any chance, and Forrest have looked pretty solid in their sort of big away games so far I think they narrowly lost to uh, Arsenal and uh, well beat Chelsea do you think there's any chance at all that they, they can salvage anything from this yeah I think it'd be, it'd be very difficult but I think like Rick said I think if they can stay in the game for as long as possible I think if you're playing against Man City and you are the likes of Knott's Forest you have to sort of be solid throughout the whole game and then hope for something to a break or a set piece or something that would get you a goal um, I think if they can stay in the goal uh, in the game for a large period of time um, and hope they get, a, like I said, a set piece or a chance and get a goal, and that's the only way I can really see them getting anything out of that game. Matt, when you're Adam, when you're uh, you know, playing against a team that you know, with the greatest respect, are better than Yeovil, say a couple of divisions up, I'm basically a bit like the Stoneham game. Um, put yourselves in Stoneham's position. I mean, you know, what what sort of mindset do you take into the game because you know Yeovil must have felt well we sh if we can't beat this lot then there's something wrong Stoneham on the other hand must have thought oh my god we've got Yeovil they've got all the money and they've got everything there now you know what what sort of mindset do you take into the game like that I think um, if, if we were I think it's best way I can say is when we played Bournemouth in the FA Cup mm. um we're in the third round, I think we, we set out to sort of, like I said, stay in the game as long as possible, be solid, not give away too many chances. Obviously, it didn't work out that way. Um, but in a game like that, is if you can sort of limit the, their chances, um, upset their rhythm really of play, which I think is massive. If you can do that to Man City, then you're you're half the way there. But um, yeah, stay in the game, and then hopefully you're gonna you're gonna get a chance. Um, try win fouls and stuff up, up the pitch so you can get set pieces and and chances to put the, the ball in the box because um, you're going to be limited during the games actually 
create a decent chance um, against opposition like that. So yeah, that's the sort of mindset you you really you really in. Obviously, you want to win the game, but you want to, you got to be smart about because if you get if you go gun ho and you're three 0 down the first fifteen minutes, you're never gonna you're never gonna get get back into the game. So you have to be um, solid and disciplined large periods of the game. Do you, can you see anybody stopping City this season? Um, On the showing that we've that seen I, so far, not, anyway. Yeah, not that I've seen um, at the moment. Um, who looks at the likes of May United, Chelsea? I don't. They're not firing. I don't think. Um, whereas Arsenal, Arsenal could. Um, I think um, if there was anyone, I'd say Arsenal at the moment. But apart from that, I wouldn't. There's not too many other teams, I would say, that I can see them beating the mm. Worrying. Adam, do you see Forest beating City? Perhaps they could be the ones to stop them. It's it's not as if Forest haven't done it before, as in taking on the big team and quite happily nicking that 1-0. We've seen it a few times over the last, well, since they got promoted last season. They did it towards the end against Arsenal last season, if I remember rightly, and, and have already done it against Chelsea this year. Whether you consider Chelsea as large as they are based on current form is, is another question. Um, for me, this game is either going to be one nil Forest or five nil Man City, and it, it's one of those where it, it really, it really isn't going to be anything else. City will either be completely at the races, Haaland will get a hat trick, and everyone goes home miserable uh, on the other side of Manchester, or Forest will nick one, often through a Wimney because he always seems to be the one that can get on one at the end. So, yes, is the answer. Yes, it is possible. Is it likely? Probably not. Tommy, any final thoughts? Yeah, I think the guys have summed that up for me. I, I watched Forest on Monday night against Burnley and they, they disappointed me, to be honest. I thought they'd be a lot better than that against Burnley. Burnley looked quite lively, quite a lot of pace and athleticism in their team. But, yeah, I mean, how can you bet against Man City? They're just a joke. Um, you know, they can slow it down, they can speed it up, they can pick you off. That Doku end product looks probably a little bit iffy at times but he's a live wire um, so yeah it's, I think it's, it's, it's a certainty um, like you said even when they go 1-0 down even last night when they, they went 1-0 down but you know, they were always going to win the game weren't they yeah yeah and uh, bring us after that to the 5.30 kickoff uh, of Brentford hosting Everton um Matt, we'll start with you. Do you have any horses in this race? I don't. I don't actually know. What team do you support? Um, I don't really support anyone. It's a bit boring. But um, I follow Southampton. Obviously, that's where I'm from, and they're having a bit of a stinker. Um, they are struggling. But yeah, apart from that, I just I watch football, but I don't really support anyone really. Probably the healthiest but way to be. Otherwise, uh, your blood pressure goes through the roof. <laughs> um, <laughs> Do you have any any thoughts um, on Brentford Everton? Obviously, Everton's struggling a lot, still not looking great against Arsenal last week, and Brentford's falling to an unfortunate defeat against uh, Newcastle. Um, have you got any sort of any shocks yeah, on the Brent, card? Are Brentford home, are they, or is it? Yeah. Or is it? Yeah, home. Um, yeah, I watched Everton the other day, and I thought they were very poor. Um, they they look. But, I don't really know what they're trying to do in games. Um, I don't think they really know what what they're they're, they're trying to do. Um, but yeah, it's going to be another game where it's a bit 
I don't, it's not really be enjoyable, I don't think. Um, not a massive one that I, I really want to watch. Um, so I'd, I'd probably say Brentford. Yeah. I'll go with Brentford. Rick, do you think Doshi's got anything to really work with, or do you think it's it's a manager issue? Do you think it's simply the ownership or kind of a mixture of of all of them? He's going to have to pull his finger out sooner or later, isn't he? Because everybody keeps saying that you look at the uh, Premier League teams that are in it this year and the bottom, the three that got promoted look like they're the three that are going to go down. But Everton do have to contribute and they have to start contributing to it themselves sooner or later. So um, I don't think it'll be this weekend, though. I think Burnley, Burnley, Brentford at home will have too much and they, they've got a system. They've, they're... They know exactly what they're doing, and they'll have too much for too much for Everton ultimately. Adam, we'll come to you as I hear you're a bit of a, a finance whiz for uh, for football. Um, with Everton actually being subject of their takeover bid from seven seven seven, I don't know if you've you've watched this with keen interest. Um, how do you sort of see that going down? Do you know much about seven 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 at all? Uh, upsettingly, yes, I do. Uh, as uh, nice to be called a whiz, yeah, it's it's the day job most of the time. Uh, trying to deal with this type of stuff. Seven 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 are a questionable body, to say the least. It's very much jumping out of uh, out of frying pan into the fire in terms of Everton at the moment. And um, obviously, the current allegations are well for Everton is that they are they have got very high debts, which is the main issue that they can't then spend them on new infrastructure or new players more specifically they're very very near the ffp cap so even if they did want to buy someone uh, they can't and even their own proven track record over the last couple of years every time they can they seem to be buying duds so it's a pretty difficult position for everton to be in uh, as for 777 a bit of background on them they're a multi-club ownership model a bit like uh, man city and a bit like the red bull group uh, only these ones have, they own Sevilla in Spain, they own uh, Botafogo, it, not Botafogo, uh, Vasco da Gama in Brazil, uh, and a few others dotted in and around Europe. But without question, Everton would be the biggest one in their portfolio. The problem they've got at the moment is twofold. One of them, all the clubs that they currently own aren't doing very well. Sevilla currently sit bottom of La Liga, uh, and if rumours are to be believed, uh, every single player is on the transfer list because they've got no money. This is the same Sevilla who won the Europa League last year and are in the Champions League. So it's a rather concerning session there for them to go, we're skint, we can't look anything out. Um, they've also got Standard Liège, who are in the Europa League, similar problems. And yet somehow, if they're meant to be believed, they've gone and spent 500 million on Everton question is where's the money coming from there are also allegations that the main guy that is heading up 777 who are based in miami um is a known cocaine smuggler so yeah this is not a good position is this, is this convicted or uh alleged oh uh, <laughs> i i think for the the fact i don't want a knock on the door we'll say alleged uh, okay. um so yeah in terms of is this a good thing for everton maybe but history and everything surrounding it doesn't look like it. Uh, they have to pass the owners and directors test, which they haven't done yet. As far as actual, like, from a legal perspective, has Everton been bought out? No. 
So it, it's still technically in the ownership of Mashiri, uh, although 7-7, in theory, have agreed to finish off paying off the debts for Bramley Moor Dock, which, of course, isn't finished yet. Um, whether that will be a championship ground or a Premier League ground in years to come, we don't know. But, um, yeah, in conclusion, not great and doesn't look like it's going to get any better. I think that is sort of leaning towards a Brentford win. <laughs> in conclusion, yes. I mean, if you want, if you want to compare it and go, here is how you run a football club versus how you do not run a football club. Brentford v Everton's probably a really good fixture in that perspective because Brentford have got a model; they've got something they stick to, which is brilliant. Everton could not be further away. <laughs> the infrastructure derby. Yes. Um, Tommy, any additions uh, to what Adam? Yeah, uh, just on? just sort of small summarise. Yeah, I I, I, ha- I was watching Brentford. Um... Newcastle away at the weekend um, and obviously Newcastle won with the penalty I think Brentford had one that was possibly disallowed a little bit unfortunately um, but I did hear that Pope had a good game so I like Brentford um, I think they're making noises as well that they probably want us or are happy to sell Tony now probably because of the way they're playing they're probably thinking well let's get the money in because we're actually doing okay without him so yeah I think Brentford were, were a good, good bet at the weekend for sure Lady, any final thoughts? Uh, it is a tricky one. I mean, I, as, as uh, Tom was saying, I mean, uh, Brentford is a well-run club. They've got, they, they seem to have, you know, the transfer market. They, they seem to go out and buy players that half of us have never heard of, and yet they turn out to be, well, not exactly superstars, but very good players. And, and they, they, they've obviously got a system that seems to work. They've got a new stadium now. It's all very well organised, so um, you'd have to think that in, on their own ground against a, a, an Everton side that, that, you know, have they won a game yet? They haven't, have they? I don't think. No. Um, have they scored any goals? Not many, if they have. Well, I think one somewhere came along. but So, you know, you can't really, you can't really see Everton doing much against Bradford. And, um, so, no, I haven't got a crumb of help for them at all. Scored two. Two of them. Mm. That gets and Doncaster, wouldn't it? Danjuma, Danjuma, I think. Not both, I think. Yeah. No, it's, it can't can't see any hope for them at all. I'm afraid, and uh, on the basis of that, I'm, you know. And that's how it should be. Moving on, uh, <laughs> we have. have you got a thing about Everton, then? Uh, well, as a Liverpool fan, yes. Uh, yeah. mm. um, Enough said. Staying with you, AD. And I'm looking forward to this. The oh, final game God. of Friday, of uh, Saturday, the eight o'clock kickoff, uh, Burnley host Manchester United. Um, now, obviously, Manchester United were the subject of Brighton. Um, I think we can say that as Burnley put on a good show against uh, Nottingham Forest on Monday. Um, do you think this is a chance for United to get their their season back on track, or is this going to be another bit of Another 90 minutes of suffering, do you think? Well, I certainly hope it's a good opportunity for them to get their season back on track. The question is going to be, first off, who's going to play? Because at the moment, we've got very few fit players. I mean, they've got a, almost a whole team that's injured. So that that's going to have a bearing on it. Um, I think what happens tonight is going to have a major bearing on it. Because if they, if they were to get a good result tonight, and I'm praying that they do then uh, I think that could suddenly change their whole approach to the game. But uh, they've got to do that first, haven't they? And, and it's, you know, 
it's not an easy game, Bayern Munich away. So, um, you know, I can't say I'm exactly filled with enthusiasm about the prospect at all. Um, I thought they were going to beat Brighton, but I mean, they're well beaten by Brighton. So it's 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 difficult. It's very difficult being a, a United supporter at the moment. I think um, I'm not the only one that's suffering. There's a lot of us. And so, yeah, I can't, I can't sort of, I'm hoping. Um, I think the more likely result's going to be a draw, personally, but we'll see. Rick, would you be happy with a draw? In the Veghorst derby? Um, no. United's building on the magnificent victory we're about to witness against Bayern Munich. Uh, United will be OK. They're very too much quality. I mean, they will. it won't be pretty. And why they're playing a game at 8 o'clock on a Saturday night, only the TV companies can tell us. So uh, total disregard for anybody that's got to go to the game. So, uh, yeah, it is. Adrian's right in a sense that it is difficult uh, being a United supporter at the moment. And I just sound like a broken record. I'm boring myself. Glazers, the consequences of you're now seeing in full effect. And, um, yeah, I just hope that um, they can pull a result out and, and get a bit of a run just to take the pressure off Ten Hag because he's trying to do a job with at least one arm tied behind his back which isn't the, the easiest thing to do. So it's more hope than expectation, but I think United will win by the odd goal, but it won't be pretty. Talking of Ten Hag, I've agree? been reading a book about Ten or a, it's a, a biography, no, it's, what's the difference? Yeah, biography, not an autobiography. And um, reading it, it it's, he is a very determined man. Uh, if you read the book, it's, it's, uh, it's quite staggering to what he the lengths that he will go to and he's almost a god in holland uh with his his contributions to some of the dutch teams over there and he's been involved in two or three of them it's not just ajax he was a, a big wheel at 20 he was also um go west he was very heavily involved with them as well and uh <coughs> hey? gonna say, did you, did you have a couple of hits in the I, I think you mean go ahead Abel. <laughs> He got very close, Adam. Yeah, he yeah. did. He did. Got some of the right words in the name of the team. Well done. Shut up. Uh, but um, as I say, he's uh, he's quite a, quite a manager, and he had to sort of bring some of that out tonight. I think, don't you think, Rick? Yeah, well, like I said, he's he's got everything possibly going against him, and uh, yeah, the the media, of course, loving it because Fergie oh. ruined everyone's childhood, so they're all jumping on and. And filling their boots, but you know, get rid of get rid of the uh, the shower in charge, and things will look brighter. But like I say, it's not going to be a pretty match on Saturday. Tommy, would you agree that it's going to be a bit of an ugly, ugly affair? Um, Burnley, of course, playing very attractive. Well, trying to play very attractive football under company and United being uh, United, of course. Yeah, it's kind of a, a bit like Saturday's game where you know you got some f a fit athletic team. Um, against us and you know I do worry a little bit um, that our legs are going to struggle against a, a fit and athletic Burnley team but I, like the guys are saying I f hope and pray that Maynard are probably a little bit too good for them um, and come out on top um, funny enough I'm actually going to watch Maynard against Palace the typical one I'm going to watch two away games or, uh, in the Premier League both against Palace but yeah I'm watching Maynard Palace the week after so Maynard got a, a run of so say easy games but 
you know, like I said at the minute, I don't think there is an easy game for Man at the moment, the way that their squad's shaping up. Yeah, it's, Plus it's the injuries. Pretty, yeah, yeah, it's, it's looking pretty ugly there at the moment. Um, Matt, would you have any, sort of, if you were a betting man, um, would you have anything in this game at all? Uh, it's going to be a difficult game. Um, like I said, Man, the times I've watched Man United, they seem to, in my opinion, they seem very sort of slow, um, lack of lack of legs. Um, and Burnley are, are the opposite, really. Um, but I think Man United will um, hopefully have a bit too too much quality for them um, to get the result because I think they need it. But like I said, I've, I've watched them a few times and they seem. Um, Sometimes not, not not interested because they, they will be. But it seems they're very sort of l- l- like a lethargic team. Um, I think Rashford's uh, he's sort of hit and miss, and he like he, he doesn't seem interested half of the time. Um, but yeah, I think um, they have a bit too much quality for for Burnley. But it will be a tough test with with their legs and their um, sort of running ability and stuff. Adam, any sort of Anything you're able to touch on there? No, I, th- I think, again, everything's been very well summed up. I think Man United should win. I think even with all the issues that are going on that are covered in, in great detail, most notably on this podcast, um, that, that, it, that it should be fine, that there should be enough there, that Burnley still haven't quite levelled in the Premier League quite yet. They're, they're still playing the same system that completely ran away with the championship last year, which which is understandable because you would think if it isn't broke, don't fix it. But they're still trying to play with the same level of ambition, trying to do things slightly differently compared to a promoted side. And I think that it should be commended. Will it turn into wins? We don't know. It's even less likely against something like Man United. Is it at, is it at Old Trafford or is it at Turf Moor? It's at Turf Moor. Moor. Well, that may play into their favour as well. Been to Turf Moor before, a really, really good ground um, and definitely something that it's quite compact. So the Burnley fans will get on them. And I think if anything, um, Man United fans, well, Man United players seem to be particularly receptive to criticism. Uh, most probably deserved, in fairness, half the time. But um, yeah, should be, should be enough. Um, I can see Rashford doing quite well when he's at the races, he's unplayable. It's just it isn't quite happening as much as many would like it to be. Matt, did you did you play at Turf Moor when we played there? The Oval, no. I mean. No. No. Well, that was no, during no. your period, wasn't it? Surely. No, I don't. I don't. When, no. What, what year? It must have been. been. I don't know. Time flies, doesn't it? It must be. Must have been the Championship year. So maybe you weren't there then. But uh, no, no, I wasn't there. No. Must have been. When did you go then? What well, what year? Uh, 2019, I want to say. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm aware we're running away with time a little bit. We've got 15 minutes, so we'll have to um, sort of rapidify the last five games, the Sunday fixtures, um, four of them kicking off at 2 o'clock. We will start with perhaps the biggest of uh, the weekend. Um, Adam, we'll bounce straight back to you. Um, any favourite for, for the North London derby Arsenal versus Tottenham Hotspur in previous years it's been quite clear which one of them was better 
it, it, it's changed, but um, last year it was without question it was Arsenal played some lovely stuff, and I really like how Arsenal play. But Tottenham have also looked pretty good this season. Um, one thing that I did see online, I think it was yesterday, Perisic has done his ACL, so that will be a massive limiting, uh, limitation to Tottenham. He, he does seem to get, he does very well from, from left-back for them. Um, I think it will be a really even encounter, which, which hopefully will play into its entertainment factor. It's one of the few derbies that I find in the Premier League that is genuinely quite entertaining to watch. A lot of the time they're more of a formality or at least very dull because they don't want to lose the derby, um, which which is quite good. I it's probably the one game that I would I would go out of my way to to watch. So um, over the whole weekend, so yeah, I think it'd be quite exciting. If I had to say, will it swing one way or the other? I just think it probably would still go in the direction of Arsenal, as I think their squad is still inherently better than Tottenham's, but it won't be as it won't be as obvious as it has been in in, in previous years. Tommy, do you think there's uh, any chance that Spurs continue their their solid start to the season at all? <clears throat> um, possibly. I think, like Adam said, I think we hit the nail on the head. Really, I think it's going to be quite tight, but I think I cheated. it see that Arsenal's supposed to be in at home but they've got to play tonight and obviously Tottenham will be a bit fresher so that will go in Tottenham's favour potentially maybe towards the end of the game um, I think you could see goals I just hope it's not ruined by a stupid sending off or something like that because um, they've had that in the past in some of the, the, the London derbies um, yeah it'd be nice to you know for the best team to come out on top because they were the best team um, and not something um, untoward so but yeah it looks like it could be a good game and to be honest yeah if um, Obviously, I'll have Villa on because my missus will want that on. But luckily for me, I've got two tellers in the front room, so I can watch both. Um, so I'll have um, pure Villa. decadence. Oh. We've got the setup. Yeah, there's one. So have, we've got the have, below. We have, we'll have the sound on the Villa game, and I'll probably have Arsenal and Tottenham on the other game below it. So, um, you know, she's a winner. We're going to get a third telly, maybe put Sky News up in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Start renting yeah. the room out at that point. Slightly favouring, slightly favouring Arsenal for me. Matt, would you agree? It looks like it's probably the the uh, neutral's favourite. Yeah, I think um, I love watching Arsenal play. I think they're, they're a very good team. I think they're only going to get better. Um, yeah, like I said, I, I really look forward to watching that game. I think that's the, the game of the weekend that I'm, I'm most looking forward to watching. But yeah, I think Arsenal will, will do it. Rick, any thoughts? Any? I know obviously being a United fan, you're probably not hoping Arsenal are winning, but... Um... Do you think you can see them getting something? After playing so well all season, Spurs are going to turn back into Spurs, aren't they? Just when you want them to get a result, they're going to turn back to being bloody Spurs again and uh, it'll all go tits up for them and Arsenal will probably put three or four past them. And Yeah, so I'm not holding out a lot of hope because Spurs are Spurs. So, yeah, that's what I, I yeah, Arsenal will do a number on them, I think. But could, Adrian, who, who's, who's Spurs manager again? Oh, Ange. Big Ange. Big Ange is not acceptable as a reply. What's his name? Big Ange. Coward. (laughs) Well, come on then, if you know what it is, spit it out, boy. Foster Coglet. Oh, well done. (laughs) He knew that was coming. (laughs) Um, AD, any final thoughts on uh, the North London derby? Well... Being a sad United supporter, I tend to look at the games and, and, and say, well, first of all, are they above United? 
Answer, yes. Most teams are at the moment. Yeah, answer, yes. Therefore, the only result that I can see that would suit me would be a draw. Because then they've both dropped two points. And as far as I'm concerned, that's important. If we're ever going to catch them, we need them dropping points left, right and centre. So I think I think it could be relevant too that um, Richarlison managed to score a goal on uh, whenever it was Saturday, Sunday, um, which might suddenly sort of, you know, get him going again. Um, but uh, as I say, I would like to see a draw. I think it could well be a draw. Um, yeah, that's all I've got to say on that one, really. And Eddie will stick with you, considering the next game uh, has the weekend's uh, big hitter. Uh, we've got Brighton against Bournemouth. Um, obviously, Brighton quite handily defeated United, and uh, Bournemouth did very well in their 0-0 against Chelsea. To be fair, I say that they actually both teams were very average. It doesn't sound like it was the most interesting of games. Um, do you see it being a very easy Brighton win? Yeah, I do. After what I saw last Saturday, I'm afraid to say yes. I don't think Bournemouth. Got... But having said that, Bournemouth have been quite stubborn to in some games, and you know they've they've hung in there when you thought might have thought, oh, they're going to lose. But uh, no, I think I think Brighton will be too much for them. Where where is it anyway? Is that Brighton? Is that Brighton? Well, definitely Brighton. Then yeah, definitely. Yeah, Bournemouth uh, gave me a fright when uh, when they came and played Liverpool. I was yeah. Not, I was not looking forward to it anyway, but um, yeah, they were even better than I thought they would be. Not looking forward to that one when we um, go to them. Um, Matt, obviously coming from Bournemouth uh, before joining uh, Yeovil, I can only assume you've got some form of allegiance to them. Do you think that could... Um, you, you've got any hopes holding out for them getting something against Brighton? I don't think so. Um, Brighton are another very good team, and I watched the Bournemouth and Chelsea game the other day. Um, and I just don't think they have enough going forward. They don't really. They got Solanke, but he's not a striker that's going to score you loads of goals. Um, but yeah, I think Brighton are going to have be far too too good for them. Um, what's he got on there? I think he's got the lineups for the United game. Oh, is it? Oh, it looks like anyway. Yeah, I think um, yeah, Brighton will Brighton will beat them. Uh, Rick, would you agree? Mm-hmm. Brighton win? The hipster's choice, yes, Brighton will. Uh, Bournemouth are a better organised team than people give them give them credit for, but they are primarily a defensive unit, and Brighton will will find a way. And, uh, yeah, they'll probably do it by a couple of, couple of clear goals. And if I leave uh, Ferguson on the bench of my fantasy team again, you'll get another hat-trick. So uh, that all bodes well for Brighton, doesn't it? Come on then, Tommy. Oh. Give us a team then, if you've got it. Sorry, Matt. I didn't mean to put you off. I was trying no, to do it right. on the, the slide. Yeah, I was just giving you the main team. Uh, yeah, it's basically um, Anana, Dallow, Lindelof, Martinez, Regulon, uh, Casemiro, Eriksson, Palestri, Fernandez, Rashford, Hoygaard. Oh, I was hoping you uh, might play. Sorry to bore you, listeners. I know it's probably old news now, but um, mm. that's asked. Um, yeah, back to that game. Yeah, Brent Brighton. Look again. Anything I was worried about slightly is they're going to be playing Thursday uh, in the Europa Conference League, and they're not used to that. So that's the only only thing that would make me a bit wary of um, heavily betting them. Otherwise, but yeah, they they should be too strong for Bournemouth. Uh, 
Adam, any final thoughts? Brighton all the way for me. I I really like how Brighton play, so uh, I I'm quite looking forward to that one. Um, not as is, uh, Rick said, Bournemouth are no uh, slouches. That they they are, they can be very very potent uh, and will pick up points, but I don't think it'll be this week. Does anybody no. think Brighton have got a chance of winning the league? Have you heard of this team called Manchester City, AD? Yes, I have. I'm just asking the question, that's all, dear boy. Simply because of that, I would say no. But they're definitely going in the right direction. It's it's remarkable, really. They seem to sell their best two or three players every single year and continue to get better. So by that definition, they'll probably win the Club World Cup in about five years' time and still sold their top three players. 17 million their team cost at Beat Mayonnaise. It's 17. Nuts, really. It's... um, yeah, another very well-run one. I think it's uh, it doesn't seem to be slowing down either, which is which is really quite exciting for them. Yeah, a, friend, a friend of mine works for Tony Bloomer and in all the algorithms and all that and all the football games. And that. It's, it's really interesting. Sit down to have a conversation with him. It's really interesting how they do it, the, the betting side of things. Yeah, well, the, one of them's uh, what's his name, Bloom, isn't it? Is, he's, he's Tony Bloom. Yeah, he's yeah. The, 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 but he's yeah. he's a big gambling man, isn't he? Yeah, well, it's, it's where who, he made his money. Yeah, and the guy at Brentford was his understudy or, or his partner and mm. before he left to, to, to do that, but he does a similar thing. Um, he won't talk about it, this lad, but he, he sort of talks about generally like the how they study games and how they've got all these algorithms and players go in and it increases points and drops points. So that's obviously too um, specialist to know, but you've got to have a maths degree to work for him, so pretty much so mm. that puts... 99 percent of the population out of it anyway, don't it? Yeah. I um I actually read a really good article about it the other day just to round that off. Um the the company that Bloom owns is called Star Lizard and they sell a lot of their insights to other rich people on basically how to get around the betting market so they can make more money in true capitalist style. Yeah. But those specialist members, yeah. As much as as you say, your your friend will know a certain amount, Tom. Um, if I remember reading it rightly, not everyone, nobody outside of Tony Bloom is given all the information, so that nobody can go and run off with it like uh, Matthew Benham did yeah. to make his own money to then go and buy Brentford. Yeah, so yeah. this is why they don't actually speak to each other anymore. It's actually quite a fierce um, yeah. rivalry between the two. But it's that actually no no one else yeah. in the company knows how they do everything so that they can replicate it. It's that. Um, yeah, it makes sense. That's like KFC with any. Does Tony Bloom have the recipe um, for Coca Cola and the KFC's herbs and spices as well? Yeah, Colonel Mustard. Colonel Mustard. Um, Is there things that only one person knows? Yeah, I, I, I don't want to say too much just in case I do drop him in it, but um, they call it a certain thing and it's a certain monetary value per bet and all this sort of stuff. Um, I'm talking stupid amounts, absolutely stupid amounts. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely interesting, really, really interesting. Well, he's big pals with a guy that I did an interview with called Harry Finley, who's um, I don't know if you you heard, he was one of the ones who who dropped a real packet on uh, Frankie's all seven wins on the on the um, on the bounce, and uh, he's he's big pals with Tony Bloom. Big pals. Yeah, well, Tony Bloom's got that um, horse. I can't think what it's called. Now he runs a Cheltenham. It's like one of the favourites, and it's like. Even money or six to four, and I think he had four hundred grand on it recently. Um, at the last Cheltenham or the Cheltenham before, so um, hmm. yeah, he, he, he's got it to put on. It's probably a small bet for him. But, yeah. 
Well, speaking of absurd amounts of money, uh, Tommy, we'll stay with you with Chelsea versus Villa. Uh, very aware we're running out of time, so we might have to go quick on this. But uh, any thoughts at all on Chelsea Villa being very aware that your partner is sat next? Yeah, to you? she's just come back down, funny enough. She's been upstairs for a little while, so I could have got away. Um, I would. I, my head says draw, um, but I think Villa at three to one are a, are a fair bet. Um, but mind you, I'll be honest, I did say that when he were playing Newcastle first game of the season, they got absolutely spanked. Um, but having watched a bit of Chelsea the other day, I, I certainly wouldn't bet Chelsea. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd edge towards Villa, to be fair. And if in my fantasy um, leagues and soccer six and stuff, if, if they're in it that's, that week, I'll, I'll probably take a bit of a punt and do a, like a 2-0 Villa. Dougie Louise to score a penalty. Normally, it'd be about six to one, I expect, to score a penalty. He was known to two at the weekend, and I said to bet him, and I didn't do it. So there we go. It's always the way, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Matt, with obviously Chelsea being at home, and as far as I, off the top of my head, they don't actually have a very good home record. Do you think this is a chance for Villa to grab another three points? Yeah, I think I think um, right now I think it'd be a, a good chance for Villa to to beat them. Um, like I said, I watched them against Bournemouth, um, and I thought they were. They were poor. Um, thought Bournemouth did well. Thought they were very solid. Um, they had a few chances, but Chelsea were were poor. Um, Sterling's been started off well, and he was he was a bit off it the other day. Um, and Jackson up top, I'm not convinced that he he can really lead that line very well. And he, I, I can't see him scoring many goals for Chelsea. So yeah, I, I fancy Villa in that in that uh, fixture. Especially after I don't know if any of you else saw uh, that wonderful clip of um, someone was expanding the goal every single yeah, time he saw, took I that shot that, yeah. and uh, it got to so like 300 and something percent it was <laughs> it was a big goal um, Rick would you say that Nick Jackson's got any chance of getting Chelsea anything on on Sunday uh, no because he's playing alongside Mudrick and he is pants <laughs> so I think uh, Villa have got every chance of getting a decent result out of this one they look, um, they look good in flashes so far this season, and uh, the only consist Chelsea are the only team in the Premier League consistently more disappointing than United. So I think they got every opportunity there. Go with a Villa win. At this rate, surely old Pochettino is going to be getting under some pressure. You, you would think so, being Chelsea, but whether they've learnt yet, I, I don't know. So I'm just enjoying it. I'm enjoying the downfall. So, um, Aidy, would you say that? Chelsea um, will continue with their, their struggles. Do you think Poch can get anything out of it? Well, not looking good, is it? But uh, when, when you get a situation like that, I always tend to think that, you know, sooner or later, it doesn't matter how bad you're playing, you're going to come across a game where you're going to win it. You know, just, again, this law, law of averages that I tend to go by. But um, I can't say that uh, I'm going to put any money on it. Let's put it that way. Adam, any final thoughts? A team, I mean, I feel like it's a line that's used by pundits all the time, is that it needs time to gel. And I think Chelsea might be the complete definition of that with if you throw enough players at it, eventually it might work. But who, who knows? It's, um, yeah, Villas just seem so composed and actually have a system and an identity for this season, which... Chelsea don't have yet so it'll be interesting what what wins out is it rigidity with some quality 
versus on paper Chelsea have a really really quality squad um but who knows uh probably Villa though still I think I'll just drop this final stat in before we move on uh, from Chelsea Lazio's goalkeeper scored last night in the Champions League he's actually scored more goals uh than Mudrick since Mudrick joined Chelsea uh, it's a uh, one of my little favorite I think there stats was one as well Jao Felix has gone from Atletico Madrid to Chelsea, uh, back to Atletico Madrid, to, to Barcelona, and scored for all those clubs since Madrid went to Chelsea. It's it's an imp- it's impressive. Um, we'll move I thought on. we were going to come out with a, the goalie was born in 1994. He scored in the <laughs> minute, and he wears a 94 shirt. I saw that stat, but I couldn't remember it off the top. Yeah. Not for, I've not I've got a good memory, but not that good. Um, hoping for good memories though is me uh, with Liverpool playing West Ham. I really like this. If it was just a four 0 we could just move on and talk about the final game. But I suppose I'll let you guys have have an opinion as well. Uh, Matt, any any thoughts at all on Liverpool? Good start or not as good as you'd think? Uh, I think they they still they still struggle very much at the back. Um, the last few times I've sort of sort of watched them, and even last season, I think that's the, that's been their problem. Is is defensively they look very um, very open at times. You've got Trent that's that full back, and and Robertson this season has been a bit off, hasn't he? he hasn't been um, as good as he has before. And I think the field as well. Um, I know they got uh, McAllister, um, but I think yeah. They have. They, I think defensively, they've they've struggled a lot. Um, I don't really know what the answer is for them to to sort of sort that out. Um, but yeah, no, I think um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see Liverpool win personally. Um, but yeah, Adam, well, any um, well, I would additional. <laughs> we well, you know you wouldn't, but <laughs> you wait your turn. <laughs> Do you think? Well, let him go next. Uh, do you think there'll be um, any chance for West Ham to um, fulfil your wishes, AD? Um, they've got a chance, I think. Got a chance. Who's home? Liverpool. Liverpool. In that case, they haven't got much of a chance, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they might have. Complete they might have a, 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 an inch of a chance, but uh, I suppose you, you know you never know, do you? With these games, this. Sort of, you know, I'm, I'm surprised that Darwin hasn't started more, scoring more goals than he has. I thought he would have been a, you know, he had that little spell where he got those two against Newcastle and he looked really strong then, didn't he? But then, then he sort of seems to fade out again. So I don't know. But no, I think I'd have to go for the uh, the Scousers. I'm afraid. Adam, would you agree? Scousers on board. Scousers on board. No, it's all all looking like it should be Liverpool. Um, West Ham do still play quite well and have looked quite decent to start this season. But I think this is a case of Liverpool really starting to make things click. I really like the midfield. You know, it, it takes some real doing to completely change your whole middle uh, and and yet seem to still run seamlessly, which has been quite good. Still got Salah, that's something to be said. Um, I sort of agree with AD about Darwin Nunes. I would have liked to have seen more goals from him. But in fairness, he has to get on the field to do that. And very rarely does he start. So it's um, 
it'll take time. He is still very, very young, albeit the price tag sort of suggests that he should be playing every week. But you know, it's, as we all know, there's there's more to football than than the price tag attached. So it's go, it's going to be an interesting one. But uh, no, Liverpool win for me. Tommy, another Liverpool win on the cards, or do you think yeah, West Ham can cause an upset? I think um, the last three games they in the Premier League they've beat West Ham by one, so I mean, two one one nil one nil. So I'd probably go one nil one nil Liverpool. Uh, Rick, eighteenth minute, full house. No, no, <laughs> all you doom and gloom merchants. I have hope for the world of football. West Ham are going to do it after flirting with uh, with doing uh, Abu Dhabi last week. I think they'll have too much. And yeah, as a Liverpool fan. Just one thing, enjoy this this rebuilding and everyone's praising Liverpool for what a great rebuild. You better in mind, at the end of next season, you'll be looking for a new right-sided forward because Salah will be off and Klopp will be managing Germany. So I would make the most of this while you can. But uh, not on Sunday, unfortunately, because uh, Michael Antonio is going to sort you lot out. 1-0 to the crafty Cockneys. And uh, we'll stay with you for the final game. I will just n- I'll just not address any of that. Um, final game uh, of the weekend is the 4:30 kickoff. It's Sheffield United hosting uh, Newcastle. Uh, Rick, we know how much you love Newcastle. Um, obviously, a draw yesterday against AC Milan. Uh, obviously, in Milan, a good result for them on their return to European football. Which, by the way, we have a football uh, European football show. Ad, do you have any idea when it's on? Because I've not seen a schedule for that. Uh, no, I'm waiting for my correspondent to finish the show to tell me when it's on. So it's going to be within the next three or four days, I would imagine. Though, we'll say coming soon. Coming, coming soon. soon. Yes, yeah. it'll be a yeah. European football show coming. Um, but yes, Rick, do you think there's uh, any chance of a, a Sheffield United upset on the cards, considering they nearly beat Spurs? Did Newcastle play in Europe this week? No one mentioned it. I must have missed that. Um, yeah, Sheffield United are going to get their first win of the season. And it's going to be a glorious moment, and I'm looking forward to enjoying it very much. I think Newcastle will be a bit tired. They were a bit uninspiring, didn't really look like scoring against Milan, hung on a bit in the first half. And I think Sheffield United have actually, surprisingly, been quite unlucky in a lot of their games this season. They haven't quite had the rub of the green. So, fingers crossed that um, it, that all changes on Sunday. So, it'll be lovely, lovely to see the Blades get three points. Adam, would you uh, agree in Sheffield United getting three points? Or is this I, just I'm, hope? No, I'm going to because they are technically oh. my form, they are technically my former employers. So, uh, so naturally, I do have to say, yes, they will. Um, especially as a lot of the players that are in that starting eleven were people I worked with. So yes, um, and my uh, my housemate is a massive Geordie. So even more reason to suggest that they're going to lose. Um, in terms of purely footballing, I think it's going to be a pretty drab game because I think you're right. Newcastle will be tired, and Sheffield United have to play pragmatically. Um, that's been their goal. I think since the beginning of the season, they always knew it was going to be difficult. They aren't. They aren't going down the route of Burnley. They aren't going to try and play pretty stuff and have the checkbook to back it up. But they've got more than Luton. So yeah, it's going to be tough. Um, but yeah, let's back it. Let's, it's still going to be a Sheffield United win. Good man, Matt. Do you think we can keep the the train of optimism going? Uh, I think Newcastle <laughs> are going to win. Sorry, Rick. <laughs> You're disappointing like, me every but, time, Matt. <laughs> but, 
honestly. Um, but like I said, I think it, it will be difficult because uh, you watched last night when they played. Uh, was it, yeah, it was last night. Um, Milan and the game was. I, I wasn't very impressed with Newcastle. Yeah, it was good, good for them to get a point. Um, they did look very tired at the end, so that could play a big a big part in in that fixture. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Newcastle win, but um, but yeah, I think it would be it would be tight. Tommy, Sheffield United win? No, I'm gonna go five 0 Newcastle. Two men sent off for Sheffield. <laughs> Manager sacked in the morning. <laughs> Sounds are. like a bet builder. Yeah, why not? There you are, done for that. I'm the absolute <laughs> opposite to Rick Hyatt's um, positivity. <laughs> the absolute far end of the scale. You just want me to be really, really wrong about that. Don't you? No, no, well, one of us will be. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. I well, think Newcastle we're... squad's big enough, and I think they'll put, they'll give a few fresh players a game, and, uh, and they'll be far too strong for Sheffield United. Because Sheffield United at home, they're going to have to, they can't just sit back at home. They've got to have a go and look there, and I think Newcastle will be too strong for them. And uh, with a finale of our wonderful host, uh, AD, Newcastle or Sheffield United, or do you think it'll be about even? Sheffield United, I think. I think Newcastle will be tired. Um, yeah, Sheffield United. And we've run out of time. Well, in fact, we ran out of time about 10 minutes ago, but so... <laughs> <laughs> we won't worry about that. So, um, whilst I'm on the mic, as it were, I'm going to have to say to everybody, first of all, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Matt, thanks for coming in again. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, no, always welcome, mate. Always welcome. Adam, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Tommy White, well done, mate. Thanks for coming in. I'm sure it must have been a bit of a drag after Cancun. On that on that note, look, I just had delivered from my son. Come up for the big game tonight. Yeah. Well, I hope we all have a successful evening then. Yeah. Oh, I'll get that rubbish off the screen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fernandez yeah. shirt. 15 um, quid. <laughs> Rick, thanks for being your usual sarcastic self. Lovely to have you, dear. I wasn't like I just right, right, I'm right, trying right, to right, inject right, some realism and common sense onto this podcast. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll see you next week anyway. And Tom, Thank thanks for doing your stuff behind the mic. Um, yeah, well, yeah. Tom. No well, problem. Tom. No, I'm no, I'm no Hilda, but um, I think we very can make a good back. That is very true. That is very true. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. So, and to all the listeners, like Hilda, would you? Thank you very much for listening. Please join us again next Monday. And in the meantime, football, bloody hell.